Hey, everybody, and welcome to our first episode of Adventures in Machine Learning. This week on our panel, we have Gant Laborde. Hey, hey. We also have Eric Chalmers. Hello. I'm Charles Max Wood, coming to you live over my phone because my dang computer won't launch Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) This machine is not learning to do what I want. Let's put it that way. Are you a software engineer trying to learn machine learning? then you should check out the course from Educative.io called Machine Learning for Software Engineers. It has 87 lessons, 8 quizzes, 115 challenges, 163 playgrounds, and 2 code snippets. In other words, it's not just a set of videos that tell you how to do the thing. It actually walks you through all of the processes for machine learning. It gives you quizzes. It makes you do challenges. It's very hands-on. It's done with experts from companies like Google, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple. And it is a terrific course that I've been learning to do machine learning. So go check it out at devchat.tv slash learnml. That's devchat.tv slash learnml. And that'll take you to the right place. You can sign up for the course. That's what you should um, have gone with, Charles. Let's just say your, 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 your GPU is pegged out right now. That's why you're using your phone. <laughs> Actually, my CPU is pegged out right now. That's why I'm using my phone. Of course, then it says it's it's finally saying that it's got 73% idle. And so now Zoom just won't launch. So whatever. <laughs> so I'm going to keep playing with it. And then my audio quality will get markedly better sometime. And we'll deal with it. Anyway, I, I don't want to derail too much of the show because of my own issues. Since this is the first episode, I thought we could kind of do a couple sort of introductions. One of them is going to be, you know, of, of us as the panel. And then another introduction that I'd like to see is, you know, just kind of a walkthrough of what machine learning is and how people can get involved and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's intimidating for a lot of people. I think I think other people, it's just like, you know, it's like, well, this is a really cool thing that I can get involved in. And then they, you know, they don't know where to start. And so I'd love to just just kind of get into all of that stuff and just see what we can uh, bring out for people as far as learning resources. And, hey, this isn't as complicated or scary as you think and where we think this is going, because machine learning, at least to me, is one of those technologies I really see coming out Mm -hmm. big already. And I think we're only scratching the surface. I think in another three to five years, we're going to see some major growth in this area. And I'd like to stay on top of it so that people aren't just coming in and going, wait, where did all this come from? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So Eric, since, uh, well, actually, technically, I've known Gant longer. Gant, why don't you go first and let us know who you are and uh, what what your background is with machine learning and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'll start this off by saying... I've been developing for 20 years, and I only recently discovered machine learning, um, which is really, I know it's been around for forever, and a lot of universities taught it. I Mine didn't. It just wasn't popular. I mean, obviously, it was the AI winter for a good while, and I think it kind of resurfaced back into the public eye in 2012, so I missed it. I didn't get any of it, and I wasn't interested either because, I mean just writing algorithms to solve tic-tac-toe didn't seem like they would scale. So uh, about a year ago, I was kind of, uh, well, actually a little bit over a year, I started to get the bug. I started to see it in really cool ways. You know, Silicon Valley had the episode of Hot Dog, Not Hot Dog, (laughs) which was fantastic. And they actually released that app. So that was a a real app. (laughs) So wow. And and you could actually download it, and it worked. And it worked directly on your phone, written in React Native. And to me, 
that was that's probably my wake up call. I'd say that I was like, not only can you actually do this, you can kind of like have it work on your phone. And I was like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll spend one weekend and learn machine learning. <laughs> and here it is a year later. <laughs> I've never gotten out of it. It's so exciting. I started, I took the machine learning course by uh, Stanford. I took uh, neural networks, deep learning, took machine learning, TensorFlow, Google platform, uh, TensorFlow and practice specialization. I'm now actually a Google developer expert in machine learning. And so that's, that's added as well. I just haven't looked back. This is by far the most exciting and adventurous use of tech I have seen in a long time. And it's really cool to be on a podcast where we can continue to explore it while it starts to really hit the world. Well, that explains a lot because I've been hounding people for React Native Radio to come back on. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing another technology on the side and I apologize. But truth be told, I am bringing it back to React Native in a lot of cool ways. I did a talk at React Native EU about three different ways to bring in uh, machine learning into React Native. And recently, TensorFlow.js supports React Native. So one of my really favorite libraries I did was called uh, Not Safe for Work JS. Sounds interesting. It's really, it's actually hilarious. Uh, the logo is really good. Uh, and what happens is it's, it's, client-side indecent content checking. The concept is like Facebook and Google have thousands of people to you know check content and make sure it's all fine. But your everyday person, if I sent you a picture, first of all, it's private. That's between you and me. And then second of all, it how would you know until you looked at it that it's something indecent? Well, you could just... This algorithm's open source. And the idea is, oh, in JavaScript, actually, or or in any kind of, but the cool thing is I got into JavaScript. You can actually just say, hey, is this picture decent or not? It gives you back a percentage of how much it really thinks it's safe or not. And so the cool thing is I did that as a website and that kind of blew up. And now uh, we're about to release it in React Native as well. So just already taking this really cool technology and doing a lot of open source with it. So that way people can sort of get their fingers in it. And it's all nice and wrapped up. So you don't have to know machine learning in order to use it. Nice. Yeah. In fact, uh, it's kind of funny because uh, the reason you're on the show and, mm -hmm. or the reason I reached out to you about machine learning was that I was talking to your business partner, Jamin Holmgren. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he mentioned that you were doing machine learning. And I'm like, well, Rick, I'm trying to get this <laughs> show going forever. And so I reached out. You were kind of, you know, we, yeah. we finally had enough people to get this going. So that's awesome. I'm I'm a thousand percent into this stuff like every day. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who are interested, they can go back and listen to old React Native radio episodes with you on them. So Oh yeah. And and yeah. you could get me in a few of those. Uh, I will definitely show up for a few of them. Yeah. And I think it I think it'd be interesting to dive into some of the machine learning stuff with React Native and just see yeah. where it goes. And also, you know, if you're doing doing it with React or other things there too, it'd be it'd be interesting to get you on some of the other shows. But yeah, we'll we'll make that happen and do some cross promo. But yeah, Eric, what you, what's your background? So I'm I'm uh, pretty new still. I've been working with machine learning for about eight years now, both in the uh, academic research setting and industry setting. So I did a PhD in this stuff where I was trying to use machine learning to optimize scoliosis treatments. Um, so looking oh, wow. at 
yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like getting any headway with this kind of stuff in medicine is tough, right? Because it's you're fighting against 200 years of established tradition. <laughs> but it is it was a good project, a lot of fun. And then uh, after PhD, I went and did some some postdoc research in a neuroscience department uh, at the University of Lethbridge here in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, looking at different ways of of having intelligent agents learn to abstract problems. So. If you have a really complicated problem, can you kind of step back and look at it at a really high level and just abstract away all the details and just look at the core problem where, where at that level, the problem is much, much simpler? And can you solve the problem at that level and then work back down to the nitty gritty details once you've solved the problem already at a high level? And it turns out you can you can scale to much, much bigger problems if you can do that. We're also looking at some some mechanisms for transfer learning where if you learn to solve one problem, can you take the bits of that problem that apply to a similar but different problem and apply those pieces of knowledge there um, and speed up learning that way. So yeah, so it was a lot of fun trying to kind of push the boundaries of what machine learning can do. But uh, it's it's tough to live from research grant to research grant. And I had I had three kids at the time. So I moved to industry at that point and I've been in industry for the last three years. Currently the they're calling me the director of data science at surex.com, which is a, an online insurance brokerage. We're using a lot of AI automation here, trying to automate away back office processes that are tedious and, and driving people nuts and letting people focus on higher value tasks. So that's been that's been my journey. I'm really excited for this podcast because I think I think we need more people like Gant, honestly. Like a lot of data scientists like myself don't have really strong development background. And I think all of us are realizing how that that you can't really succeed without that. So I think the the field could benefit from people who have the development background and aren't getting into it uh, after the fact. So I'm really excited to to try to promote that through this podcast. That's awesome. And I want to say that I'm here to ask all the dumb questions. No problem. I got you, Eric. <laughs> I, I, I'll be the. I'll be like, hey, so about what you said there. <laughs> so if I, if I yeah. have a dumb question, I'll just pose it as Gant wants to know. Yes, yes. Perfect. That's what we do at the entire company. Back in Infinite Red, that's... I'm the scapegoat. I could do it here too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because you're, you're talking like this and I haven't done my intro yet. My background with machine learning is well, I've heard of it. So, so, so I guess I guess if Gant's ask, asking the dumb questions, I'm asking the super dumb questions. Um, no, wait, I, so I, what are we I, talking I, about I, again? <laughs> that, that's my line. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's interesting too because uh, you know I think we all bring different ideas yeah. to it. You know, Eric, you mentioned no, absolutely the, the data science angle, and you know, Gant has been programming for longer than I have. Um, you know, but I'm kind of the podcast guy and the, okay, I'm going to ask the clarifying question for the sake of the listener guy. And I I think, I think it's going to turn into something really interesting. We also have Mohammed Khan, who's also up in the Lethbridge area. He's not on today, but he's going to be joining us. And then I have another friend. I'm, I'm still talking to him, but he may be joining us in November. And he has a couple of courses on machine learning and uses it for a startup and things like that. And so I think we can get some really interesting conversations going. I've also been wanting to start a data science show. I know the two kind of complement and there's a lot of crossover. But anyway, it'll be really interesting just to see where we end up at with with a lot of this stuff. And I'm also curious just to see how the two fields will merge. But yeah, so we've got the programmer guy, the data science guy, and the podcaster guy on the show. (laughs) This is a bad sitcom. This isn't a podcast. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's usually the value I bring is uh, awesome. I'm going to make sure that we can talk and that it goes out <laughs> so people can listen to it. That's, I mean, yeah. it's really perfect because uh, truth be told, uh, even even a year into it, sometimes I can find myself throwing around a few buzzwords or acronyms. And 
have, having a good balance of this combination here means that we can go deep into a concept but not leave anybody behind. So yeah. it's perfect panel. Yeah, when when we started Ruby Rogues, I kind of held that role there too because I I'd been programming Ruby professionally for like three years, but mm-hmm. I I was still fairly I was the newest guy easily on the show. Everybody else had a ton more experience and knowledge than I did. And so, yeah, I, I would just show up and ask. And I'll tell you, I leveled up quick. So, nice. you know, I'm looking forward to that too. And uh, I've, I've talked to a number of people. And yeah, when we have the newer people on who are still exploring some of these ideas and, and they get to ask their questions, it's really insightful for a lot of people. Even people who've been doing it for a while going, oh, I didn't realize that it incorporated that. Or, wow, that's a little bit narrower uh, definition than I had thought of. But it, it brings in these other implications in this other area now because, yeah, I've been adding these other ideas in and I don't need to. So, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. And, and as far as the guests, I can see we can get people. I know that there's a lot of people out there who've lightly touched machine learning in one way or another and have a lot more questions and don't know where to go. So we could probably have some some guests who are looking to to understand more about what they've seen. And, and hopefully, hopefully Eric and I can help them along the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that we can also just on this episode do a really quick intro to what machine learning is. Because I think a lot of times we conflate it with what we see where there's this artificial intelligence that does, you know, whatever. And, you know, th- those seem to be more the general intelligences, which don't exist that we know of yet, or super intelligences, you know, a lot of times the machine learning is focused on a particular problem. But yeah, you know, where are they? What do they do? You know, h- how do people actually start experimenting with it? I'm, I'm curious what you w- both would recommend in those areas. Well, what do you think about that, Kent? I mean, having just uh, gotten into it in the last year from a development oh, background? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to make Skynet. I'm pretty yeah. sure... <laughs> I mean, right now I have a bunch of green terminals that are spinning numbers. And as soon as they get the launch codes, it's over. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, uh, for for me, it's it's really just, I think part of being a developer made it really exciting. Because if you showed up and said, Gant, you know, I need you to detect if there are faces in this photo and how many there are, I guess like, the nerd brain inside me would have gone, oh, yeah, maybe I could start doing this, I could start doing that. And, you know, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have realized that the picture of just me would have created an insane amount of bias. <laughs> like, I would have, I would have, uh, like, worked for years to create something. And, and the funny thing about it is just teaching the machine to figure these kinds of things out, right? To, to, to select features, to figure out the filters, to, to actually sit there and look through tons of examples is impressive. Like, I always use this analogy. If you were to make Grammarly, you know, something to help you with your spelling and commas and syntax, and you did that entire thing, you coded it because you know the English language perfectly. And somebody came to you and said, all right, now we want it for Spanish. <laughs> like, you'd be like, absolutely not. That took me forever. You know, like, like I don't know how to do it. But if you taught it to just look at examples of, of excellent English and, and learn exactly how it should be. And then somebody came along and said Spanish, you'd be like, no problem. How many other languages would you like? Right. And it's, that's the beauty of machine learning. It could do things that, you know, a single developer would be like their life's work. And I think that this power in each of our hands is going to 
it's just going to go next level uh, in the next couple of years. I, I agree completely with Charles. This is we're going to see some amazing things. And depending on who's wielding the technology, it'll be amazingly good or amazingly terrible. <laughs> so I hope that the, yeah. I hope the good guys, you know, and the, and the good gals win. You know, that's that's for sure. I I, uh, I think that that what you're talking about is the thing that makes machine learning so exciting, right? Like you, it's the fact that you can solve a problem that you don't actually know how to solve, right? Instead of instead of writing an algorithm that takes inputs and produces some outputs, you can just feed in data and the machine produces the algorithm that you're looking for. So it makes it a super powerful tool. Of course, the flip side is then because you're not writing the algorithm anymore, sometimes sometimes it learns something that you weren't expecting or something that looks like it's going to work really well and doesn't in practice. But 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 like you say, I think, you know, within a few years, this is just going to become part of every computer science curriculum in school. And this is just going to be a tool that we all know how to use and we can all, all start doing amazing things with. And that's really exciting to me. But I, I totally agree as well that that could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Like, especially with... Um, what we're doing at SureX using AI for automation. And there's a lot of fear in the world right now about AI stealing all of our jobs and these dystopian uh, situations where there's mass unemployment, et cetera. And I think we have the opportunity right now to have more meaningful conversations about, well, how do we use AI to empower people instead of devalue them, right? And and I think uh, this this would be a good forum for those kinds of things. Yeah, I want to say that I have I have very strong opinions about how I think that AI is going to make life better in the sense of... so measuring people and jobs <laughs> like uh which is funny yeah, enough yeah. something we all kind of accepted for, uh one of the things is i can see uh, you know I, I bring up blockbuster versus netflix right mm-hmm. sure when blockbuster went away a lot of people who had a job which was to like sit at a store and just manage it those jobs went away and a bunch of much more valuable. People are very happy with Netflix and these streaming services. And a bunch of new jobs opened up specifically with like a uh, sort of a higher value setup. There are a lot more streaming services today. And then also at the same time, the quality of life of everybody, the demand went up, creating yeah. new jobs <laughs> in this new setup. So I, I, I know that it's hard when you can't see what the next job is to think that the one that's going away is gone forever. But people, people are hard to please. There's always going to be something new for for everybody to do. Yeah. By the way, um, my my computer finally decided to cooperate. So, <laughs> yay! There we go. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting to see where it's going to go and what problems it's going to solve. And I don't know if we really understand the impact it's going to have until we're there, right? I mean, we, we see, you know, things like computer vision and some of these other areas, you know, like Gant said, they've been around forever. Um, my senior year in college, which was like 15 years ago, you know, we, we did a computer vision project. We were, we were electrical engineering majors and we still had to code some of that in. But <laughs> anyway, we also, it, we were building a robot that would follow a course. And so the machine learn, or the, the, the computer vision was essentially learning Okay, you know, that's the boundary. I don't want to cross that. I got to follow this track this way. And anyway, just stuff like that. And yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff, like I said, has been around forever and it hasn't really deeply impacted our world. And I was talking to my father-in-law the other day and I basically said, yeah, the difference between then and now is that, because I told him we were starting the show and I'm like, I'm super excited about it. But the difference is, is that we now have between the cloud and some of the advancements that we've made just in computer speed and resources, we now have the resources to make it so that it does this stuff. It can solve more complex problems and it can do it fast enough 
to where we actually get results out of it that we can use with large enough data sets. I mean, all, all of these things have converged too because the data's gotten better. Yeah. At least more abundant. Uh, better is probably a judgment call that, you know, we could argue. <laughs> anyway, it's it's really interesting to me just to see, okay, so now that we're collecting data on all these things and, you know, we, we have methodologies that we figured out for determining what's good data, what's bad data, we have these really fast machines you know, we can hand it off to the cloud and tell the cloud to work it over on a ton of machines. And then we can come out with our conclusion and see what, where it leads us next. We may wind up asking questions that we didn't even know we should be asking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it draws a, a conclusion for us that was just outside of our regular thinking. And so that's the kind of thing that I'm looking forward to. Now, I don't know if we're going to see that necessarily within the next year or two, but I could see that in five years, right? We're starting to hit that in a lot of different areas where it's, you know what, we've kind of made these advancements in our understanding over two or three years. And now now that we understand these just different aspects of things, now we're going to push it to the next level. And it's exciting to be able to be involved in that because, yeah, it, it, it kind of brings together the mathematicians, the data scientists, the, the computer scientists, and whatever subject matter field expert needs to be involved in all those things. And yeah, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we're, we're in there and helping people, you know, build their expertise now so that when that comes along, we can do that. Now, as far as the bad guys using AI and the good guys using AI, I honestly think that there's no way to avoid having the bad guys use AI. If it's out oh, there, people of course. Are... So, you know, the best that we can hope for, I think, is just that, you know, we empower enough regular people who want good things for the rest of the world to do good and then hopefully, you know, the, the people who are trying to stop the bad guys can use AI to figure out how to stop them, I guess. But and, and that's why I really love the idea of this as a podcast, because truth be told, the a lot of the breakthroughs that, that seem to be happening, like patents, uh stopping people, uh Fortune five hundred companies just owning all the the advanced tech. I, I mean I I appreciate a lot of the good things that some of these companies do, but at the same time, having only a few people make the decision means that you have to trust them to make the decision that will be nice for everybody. And I, I definitely think that the more people who play along in this and the more people who actually get to actively contribute to it will, will have a significant hold over what happens. And that's the power of computers, right? Like yeah. when that showed up in homes, individuals and were were empowered and you know as we take a look at some of the revolutions in you know the industrial revolution to like a, a bunch of other kinds of stuff the more the more you actually had people uh knowing what's going on and being a part of it uh, the, the more fair it always was and that's what i want to see here and i think the podcast is fantastic for that because people get excited about this right and i don't know if you're excited to uh you know, discover a way to fight a disease, or if you're just trying to make a, a turret that shoots paintballs at your friend. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of different applications, but but what's really kind of key here is that that people are involved and that we kind of help balance one another. Yeah. Well, the other thing is is that uh, a lot of the other technologies that we've seen advance at this point have been on the They've been along the lines of things that humans can basically control, right? Nothing outpaces our ability to think about how it's going to go and actually be used. And AI, I think, and, and I said AI on purpose, not machine learning, because AI encompasses a lot more things. 
Sure. But, you know, that has the potential to outpace what we can actually, you know, fundamentally figure out in our heads and make decisions about. And so that's where I see it. You know, s- somebody comes in, you know, even if it is for the profit motive, you know, which I don't necessarily condemn, but it doesn't always lead people to do what is best for everybody, as Gant said. You know, all that said, you know, it, it is a little bit worrying that we might get to that place where it completely outpaces human thought and, you know, we, we just don't have any way to control it. Or like Gant said, you know, a handful of people are able to control it and thereby it gives them enough of an advantage to actually manipulate other people and other situations. Yeah, but but again, you know, a lot of this is theoretical. Who knows when or how or if we're going to get there with, within a time frame that's going to matter or matter to us. So I don't know. I just want to say that I think uh, I think ethics are going to be a continuing stream of, of conversation. And I'm very interested because... That's always been the case with technology, though. It's always going to be part of this, right? And, yeah. uh, and then hopefully we're we're seeing more and more you know as we talk about technology people's brains are immediately going to go towards oh and how do you use this ethically <laughs> yeah but i mean in a lot of cases it's also going to come down to you know we used machine learning to like you said cure this disease right so let's say it cures cancer or cures something that affects a lot of people diabetes or i i don't know you know something that i don't know what the most common cause of death for you know people is but you know, assume it solves that problem, right? So, you know, more people are dying of old age instead or dying of other causes that we also then turn machine learning on. I think a lot of people are, yeah, they're going to come at it from the what's in it for me. And I think a lot of people don't really think about the ethics until they lose some form of freedom or, you know, something else to it. And so, you know, it's incumbent on the technologists to be thinking about that while we do this. I think that's true. I I think uh, we are quite a ways away from 